<laughs> Welcome to All Things D&D's Story Dungeon, where we share amazing Dungeons & Dragons stories with you every two days. Now heading inside the dungeon, we have... How Critical Role Twisted a Player's Expectations of D&D Hi everyone, All Things D&D is back with another story. Critical Role is to D&D what porn is to sex. Don't let professionals twist your expectations on what a normal session of D&D should be. And please don't be like the player in this story. Tell us what you would have done after listening to this. The tale begins when I got a call from a coworker. He had a game that was going to happen in a couple of hours with some brand new players. However, his wife had gone into labor early, and he knew the two newest players were super excited, and he didn't want to just cancel, and he knew I had a one-shot I was wanting to play test. His roommate was a player at the game, and they had already ordered pizza. Would I be able to do a one-off? Sure, easy peasy. I arrived about a half an hour before the game was supposed to pop off. The roommate and his buddy were already there, and I looked over their sheets, wizard and fighter. A few minutes later, the other three players arrived, the roommate's girlfriend, her new-to-the-game cousin, and the cousin's friend. The last player is who we are focusing this story on. We will call her Krita, because she was decked out in as much critical role gear as she could possibly be wearing. Cool, I love critical role. I asked to see their sheets. Girlfriend rolled up a criminal background bard. Her cousin made a pretty neat little fey warlock and asked if having a pixie dragon as a familiar was fine. They just reskinned a suedo dragon with fairy stuff, so it absolutely was. But Krita, blessed Krita, her redhead half-elf ranger was the daughter of a druidess and a raven-themed rogue. Paladin, and to top it off, she had an armored bear named Bobble as her animal companion. I mean, I just smiled as I recalled my own drow ranger with dual scimitars and panther pet and said everything looked okay, other than she couldn't have a plus three longbow at level four, which was the level the game was set at. We sat down, and I explained some of my ways of doing things that might differ from other tables, and likely that my coworker would change. I run Mike Merle's crit rule. Crits do max damage your attack would deal, then you roll the dice on top of that. That any roll made that isn't called for doesn't count. You can't just say, I'm doing X then roll, and I'm not looking to kill anyone. I'm also not going to let them off the hook if they try and do something incredibly reckless. Now, the plot was pretty simplistic. The group is hired to recover a jeweled pendant for a wealthy woman that was stolen from her. The pendant was in the possession of a werewolf that wanted to use it to maintain human form for longer, which is actually why the wealthy woman had it as she was cursed with lycanthropy. The party would have to track where the pendant went and had a couple of ways of gathering this information. Either through the Thieves' Guild, the Bard had contacts, or by meeting with an informant the quest giver had set up. The party chose the latter option, and I broke up the talking bits with a hilarious failed mugging attempt by some unfortunate bandits so they could get a fight under their belts. Also, one of the bandits had a note that would lead to the location of the pendant, as I like having multiple means of finding information. The whole fight, Krita was saying, Matt Mercer does this differently, to which I sniped back, well when you're Sam Regal, I'll do better. The informant they were supposed to meet in a tavern, which I described as a well-known hangout for the city guard when they were off duty or after their shifts, in short, a cop bar, for a good-sized city. The contact was running a little bit late, so they could do a bit of tavern nonsense roleplay, as that's a trope for a reason. Krita decided that she wanted to get a round of drinks for free and went to flirt with the barkeep. Her persuasion check went splendidly well, with a nat 1. The barkeep laughed her off and hinted that he was quite gay. Now at this point, Krita thought her honor was shamed, because the barkeep turned her down. I honestly don't know what she was thinking, and swung her sword at him in the middle of a busy tavern that was filled with city guards. 
Are you sure? I asked. I swing my sword. Roll a hit. She drew blood. The barkeep screamed, and Krita was then tackled to the floor by multiple city guards. She complained that she didn't get to make a check to see if she could fight them off. There's no reasonable way your character with a strength of six can successfully power her way out of a dozen guards tackling you. But sure, for giggles, roll a grapple check at disadvantage. I then rolled 24 grapple checks in the open for the guards. You escape from the halfling city guard, all the other guards pin you to the ground, and are starting to force manacles on you. My bear attacks them. At this point, the original DM's roommate steps in, explaining that this is a very bad idea, purely based on the numbers involved. Just get arrested, and they could talk to the guards and make things right. Bobble wouldn't allow anyone to touch his mama like this. He'd attack, she huffed. I tell her that the guards in this town all seem pretty well armed, and that they won't show mercy to a bear attacking them. I tried to emphasize as best I could, the guards won't show mercy. My bear attacks. Okay. Half a round later, her bear is dead, because 34 hit points is nothing when there's a dozen guards taking swings at it. Krita screams out in agony, demanding to know why I killed her bear, that Matt Mercer would never have killed her baby, that I'm the worst person ever, and that I must take Critical Role, and that I did this on purpose because I hate Critical Role. At this point, I admit to her that I actually ran one of the NPC Twitter gimmick accounts for a while, and I love Critical Role, but that there's no logical reason that city guards would stand there and let a bear attack them in their own bar and do nothing. Actions have consequences. After she cried for 20 minutes and her roommate calmed her down, she returned to the table and we finished the session. I quickly had their employer pay off her fine because she desperately needed the pendant back because it was a full moon that night. She still quipped in that, Matt Mercer has different accents a few more times. But I just smiled and kept the game moving. They killed the werewolf and got the pendant back and the game wrapped up. I even threw in the fact that they found a severely wounded black bear in the werewolf's den so she could train up another companion. My coworker says she's been pleasant to deal with though. And Krita hasn't brought up how Matt Mercer does things differently, and that she thinks her co-worker, the original DM, is a much better DM than I am. So I suppose killing her bear opened her eyes a little bit, and she's a better player because of it. Thanks for listening to All Things D&D's Story Dungeon. We'd love to have you subscribe and review us on iTunes and Spotify. Until next time! <laughs>